not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a truthican, and the truth as I see it is that we've been divided in this country by design by people who benefit from that division, and it's not going to turn out well for 99% of us unless we all come together as one human race, realize we have all the power, and tell the establishment to go fuck themselves. Before Trump won, then everybody was like, these election machines are all fucked up. They shouldn't be connected to the internet, and why are there computers inside them when they just got account shit? But then Biden won, and they were like, no, they're fine now. <laughs> You're not smart enough to be my friend. Fuck you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Truth Again Podcast. Uh, today, Mike and I have a special guest, Jimmy Schubert. He's one of yeah. our favorite one of our favorite comedians, and uh, he's not shy about his opinions and that kind of thing, so we're really looking forward to talking to him. Um, so yeah, what's going on, Mikey? How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I set an alarm to wake up from my nap so I could do this, so <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself. <laughs> I Yeah, Jimmy Schubert's really funny. I'm going to wait until he gets on before I tell my favorite jimmy schubert story which isn't really even about him it's about me but he was there but uh yeah he's one of the first guys that i ever got to to open for when i like started actually getting paid to do comedy and i've been a fan of his ever since then and so it's been cool in the last year or so to see him posting regularly on instagram and I mean, he's on other stuff too but i see most of his stuff on instagram and uh yeah he he makes me laugh i couldn't there was a video that he posted in the last month or so that made me laugh and i even commented on how funny it was and i couldn't i can't remember what it was and i couldn't remember based on the thumbnails or whatever but we do have a few clips of him if you want to show some of those so people can know who the hell we're even talking about if they don't know him. Well, um, we will. We we might just wait till he gets in here, depending on how long it takes. But um, okay, uh, yeah. My my Jimmy Schubert story is uh, kind of similar. I I worked for, with him in Westport, one of the best rooms to this day that I've ever worked in my career, um, which is where we both started. The first the first time both of us were on stage was in Westport, and yep. Kansas and, uh, City, Missouri. Yeah, I mean, if you couldn't do well in that room, maybe not starting out, but pretty quickly after starting out, if you you know, like it was just, it was just built for comedy, like in a way that it spoiled you for other rooms. Like I remember the first time I went to like Wichita or somewhere and did like a Wednesday, and had always done pretty well at the Stanford's open mic. By the time I got to Wichita on a Wednesday, I just wanted. I was like. What the fuck is this? Right. This isn't comedy. <laughs> yeah, I that's what I used to tell people, man. We had that club was so popular that our open mic nights were sold out a lot of the time. Like we would have a full crowd just to see open mic night. Like that never happens nowadays. Yeah, I don't know how they let that room go. I mean, obviously they were all addicted to drugs at one point in their lives uh, everybody that ran it uh, i don't know the backstory of why it didn't pan out but it was there for like 30 years or something and it was always full yeah. i mean i i headlined that room i maybe had like 15 20 minutes of decent stuff i mean i, I would probably cringe at 90 percent of it now 
but I headlined it. I mean, they gave me like shitty money, like $800 or something. Um, but it was packed every night and that room was so good that it just carried you. And that's where I first met Jimmy. And, uh, not only was he really funny, but he's just one of those guys that always remembered, um, he always remembered you when he came back and like, I'd seen him, I saw him in Hollywood after like, I hadn't seen him in 10, 15 years. And, uh, and he remembered me and, and was very nice to me. And, uh, just one of those guys, just a cool dude and a road dog and not just a road comic. I mean, the guy's been in a ton of shit. <clears throat> there he is right now. Um, he's getting ready to pop in, but he's been in a lot of movies. He's been in the movie go, He's done stuff with Brad Pitt. His IMDb is uh, like War and Peace. He's done so much shit. And you kind of forget about that because he's um, such a funny comedian. He's gone now. Maybe we're not going to interview him today. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, Baldwin showed up. I'm out of here. Um, He'll yeah. figure it out. But, yeah, he's, he's a funny dude. I worked with him. I think I worked with him in Westport one time, and then Stanford's opened a second club uh, in Overland Park, and I definitely worked with him there. But then the one that sticks out, uh, over the years, Stanford's moved locations several times. Finally, they ended up out by the uh, KCI racetrack or whatever it's called, you know, the, the big NASCAR thing. Uh, in the legends and there was a bar downstairs and they had a good during the first like year or so that bar downstairs was like a dance club sort of bar and they had it set up pretty well to where everybody that was at the show would go down to that bar and hang out so you were kind of a celebrity for a while and uh so we did the show it went great of course and we were hanging out at that bar downstairs afterwards and uh i i kind of want to wait till he gets here i don't even know if he'll remember i'll just tell the story uh so long story short i'm hammered drunk this is when i was still drinking and i end up uh like making out with this girl outside of the bathroom and then i just like grabbed her hand and like pulled her into the bathroom and i was like come in here and yada 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 we had sex in the bathroom stall of the public restroom of this bar below Stanford's and I don't, I'm like sitting on like bare ass on the toilet seat. It was just drunken disgustingness. And uh, so anyway, so this girl's sitting on top of me and I look up and I see like eyes looking over the thing. And I, and instead of being like, Oh no. And like covering up, I was just like, yeah. And then like the eyes come up even more and I see the little badge and the radio of the guy. And I'm like, Oh shit, it's a cop. And he goes, uh, whatever you guys are done in there, uh, we want to talk to you out here. And I was like, okay, like I'm done now. And anyway, so they handcuffed both of us and they're walking us out. And Jimmy's just sitting at the table talking to uh, another comedian. And I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs going, Jimmy, Jimmy. And he can't hear me because it's just a loud bar. And the cop's like, shut the fuck up, dude. And I was just like, no, I just want my friend to know. Oh, no. And so, yeah, so that ruined the rest of my night. I don't remember if that was the last day of the week or if I saw him again the next day or what. I don't remember any of that. But I know so that me and the girl had a. Uh, uh, we both got charged with lewd and lascivious behavior 
And uh, so I had to get a lawyer and go to court and everything. And when I got there, she was there, too. This is the first time I'd seen her. And she was like, hi, I'm here for my court date. And they were like, we don't have you down, sweetie. And she was like, oh, all right, bye. And so I got charged with lewd and lascivious. She got charged with nothing. And uh, yeah, I had to pay like hundreds of dollars to not have like a where I can't go near schools and shit. Wow. Um, so so what did that end up costing you? Oh, probably like a grand altogether. <clears throat> like having to get bailed out, having to get uh, uh, my car out of the tow lot. Uh, having to take a taxi that night and then paying my lawyer and fines and stuff. Yeah, it was a huge pain in the ass. Yeah, oh, man, that sucks. So that was probably like, you know, you were probably getting like, no one Stanford's, they were probably giving you like 300, 400 for the week. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely came out very negative on that week as far as money goes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was Jimmy that was looking at you through the... Oh no, <laughs> no, he that's the point of the story. He doesn't even know he's involved in the story, but I'll still never forget just being handcuffed by my back and being like, Jimmy, like just trying to get him to like look up and be like, I'm like, I'm in jail, like, I help somehow. <laughs> well, you'll have to replay half the story, part of the story, because he's here right now. There he All is. Right. We'll bring him in. Hey. What's up, buddy? Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. How you right, doing, man? Difficulties. Yeah, I, I, I caught pieces of the story about the old uh, Sanford and Sons. Uh-huh, yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah, remember yeah. that night? Do you remember, like, hanging out down at that bar? Yeah, what happened? You walked in and people were having sex in one of the stalls or something? I was having sex in one <laughs> ah, of the stalls. Right. And the, the cops handcuffed me and they were walking me out and you were just sitting at the table talking to somebody else and I was just going, Jimmy! Jimmy! Like, trying to get your attention and you just had no idea. And the cop like shook me and was like, shut the fuck up. And I was like, ah, my friend is... Uh. So yeah, it cost me like $1,000. It was a terrible night. Now, do you have to register as a sex offender for having no, sex? That, that's, that's why I paid the lawyer, so I wouldn't have that. But that's yeah, what well, would have happened you know, if I had just pled guilty. Yeah, well, I mean, God forbid you have sex in a bathroom in a public place once in a while. I mean, what's this country coming to? If you can't that's what I, that's what I, mean, I tried to explain. All of a sudden, you can't become a member of the Mile High Club? Uh, what a nice girl. <laughs> 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 what the fuck did she do for entertainment before you came along? I don't know. She's in there, is fucking in a public restaurant. <laughs> you know, that's hilarious. I do remember that night. You disappeared. I said, what happened? You told me the next night. Oh, good. Okay, so we did see each other the next day. I, that's what I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said uh, I got in some trouble last night. That's right. <laughs> Yep, that's all you needed to know. Uh, yeah, that's a, a funny story. Are you in Philadelphia right now? No, I'm not. I'm actually uh, I'm in Delray Beach, Florida, man. I moved to uh, I moved to Florida during the pandemic and uh, had to get the heck out of Los Angeles. Yeah, that's where I am right now, and uh, I don't go down to Hollywood a lot anymore. Yeah, uh, it's so gross down there. Every time I go down there, it's yeah. Just so, a, when, what's the point of living there? I mean, you know, living there 20 years ago was something special. You know, now. 
they've kind of destroyed that city like they destroyed San Francisco. I just can't. I mean, the taxes are high. The rents are high. The people are high. I mean, what the fuck is, you know, it's, it's uh, no, it's just, it's just, it's a little, uh, yeah, it's a little much. I, it didn't line up with my sensibilities anymore. So I skedaddled. Yeah, we live closer to uh, Torrance and Redondo Beach, and it's not like that down here. As yeah, far but, as far as like bums and and just people sh- literally shitting in the street and that kind of thing, but every time I go down to Hollywood, it's just disgusting. Yeah, Hollywood, California, where dogs walk down the street and worry about stepping in human shit. It's, <laughs> the only place, the only place it's like uh, you know, it's it's uh, uh, yeah, it was fun while it lasted, but I mean, there's no reason to live out there. I've actually been busier down here with auditions before the strike. I had more auditions in five or six months down here than I had in LA in the last five years. I mean, I did three movies. I continue to work. I don't, it's, it hasn't slowed me down one bit to tell you the truth. Yeah. So, you've, you've done quite a bit of acting. What would you say is harder acting or stand up? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, they're just different. I mean, you know, acting is all about preparation and being able to go in and have a couple ideas about what, where you see it. Some things are just, you know, some things you like. I, I realized early on that if you started doing some acting work, because it was going to take you a while, you had to come do some co-stars and then use some guest stars and then get bigger parts. But uh, there was a, an alternate stream of income for me be able to do my stand up and then do some acting stuff. And there was about 10 years where literally it was like 50 50. And so, uh, you know, now I've done enough acting work, you know, you look up from, you know, putting your nose to the grindstone and you got a pension with the Screen Actors Guild. And I've done enough acting work that that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, And I continue to work. I mean, I did that movie Don't Suck with Matt Reif and Jamie Kennedy was in that. Uh, Rick D'Elia wrote it. and uh, and I did a movie called uh, Topper with uh, Kevin McNamara wrote the comedy store guy works with Brian Callen a lot. Brian Callen's in it. Eric Griffiths in it. I'm in it. And great actors, Amanda Clayton and and um, Mark O'Brien, really great actors. It's a great film. It was just at the Newport Beach Film Festival. And then another film I did called Puppy Love with uh, Hopper Penn, Sean Penn's son is the lead, but Michael Matz is in it, Roseanne Arquette, Cowboy Cerrone from the UFC is in it, and he kills it. He does a great job. And uh, Paz de la Huerta, she's, uh, the movie's been on the festival circuit. She's got a couple of awards. She plays a heroin-addicted prostitute, and fucking, man, she kills it. It's a great avant-garde. You know, I like the independent feature. I like the independent movies, you know. I like to, uh, you know, I like a good character-driven story with great dialogue, and and I've been lucky enough to keep doing that. So knock wood, you know, I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as they let me. <laughs> yeah, you're, I was looking at your IMDb last night and you've done a, a ton of shit and uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. But I wanted to ask your opinion of Matt Reif because I'd like to see that don't suck. And I've, uh, you know, he gets a lot of shit because he's a good looking guy and all that stuff. Um, what's your opinion of him? Bro, here's my thing. Fucking People just fucking mind your own business. Who gives a shit? The kid's making a living. He can't, don't hate the player, hate the game. Work harder. Get your fucking, you know, the, I mean, the kid obviously tapped in. You know, the thing about that, that is that bus comes along once every 15 years. You know, there's guys that transcend. I mean, look at Rogan. Transcends comedy. He's a fucking beast. He's a beast on stage. He runs a club. He does the, I mean, some guys just, it's, you know, who cares? Why begrudge a guy? You know how tough it is to make a living in this business. Why would you begrudge anybody? Why would you not root for everybody? You know, it, it's all good for comedy, you know? I mean, despite what we've been through and and people try to, you know, cancel the art form and all that other shit, let people do what the fuck they want to do. I mean, Matt, uh, 
you know, they gave him the lead in this film before he was anybody. And I don't think Matt's really stepped up to promote the film because I think he's getting bad advice from his representation. I mean, if you're in the movie, you want the movie to do well, you know, it's a, and, and so I just think that's that thing I think is a little shitty where you don't support people who supported you when you had nothing. I think that's a, that's a shit move, but I don't think it's his fault. I think he's getting mad advice from his representation. That's just me because, uh, you know, they sat down with the writer and director and said, you know, he's contractually obligated to help us promote the film. And they said, yeah, we'll see you in court essentially, but I'm, I'm probably talking out of school here, but you know, what are you going to do? Uh, you won't <laughs> see this. You don't I mean, have to worry. No, but I'm just saying, no, it's, I, I mean, I have zero fucking problems with Matt. Matt. Matt's out there doing the work. I mean, he was doing the work before, you know, he's out there on stage. He's performing every night. I mean, people like that, you know, because he's, he's a good looking guy. I mean, look at what happened to Dane Cook. I mean, you don't begrudge these people. You you know, you you're, if you're lucky enough, if you're lucky enough, you get a break in show business and you can write it for fucking eight years. And then, you know, you kind of, you know, I mean, it's, it's a tough fucking business, man. It's a ridiculously tough business, you know. And so I don't begrudge anybody. I root for everybody, man. I really, I don't have a jealous bone in my body. I root for everybody. I really do. I think, you know, comedians wins or everybody's wins. You know, I mean, look what Joe Coy did. Look, that guy hosts the, uh, uh, that award show with 10 days preparation. I mean, that is a fucking balls out fucking move. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And I actually thought he did a great job. I didn't know what the fuck anybody was talking about. I thought the guy did a great job with 10 days prep on a show like that. There are seasoned performers that take six months to get ready to host that show. He did it on 10 days notice only because nobody else wanted to do it. <laughs> Nobody else wanted to do it. I mean, look what happened to Chris Rock. Look what happens, you know, look what happened to, uh, you know, know, uh, um, Kevin Hart was supposed to host the Academy Awards. They made it, you know, I don't, I mean, people could go fucking do whatever you want. (laughs) Never make people fucking happy, okay? I don't give a fuck. I'm rooting for everybody. I know what this business is. It's a fucking tough business, man. And so I root for everybody and I don't begrudge anybody anything. Get it all. Get all that fucking money. Have them back that 18 wheeler up filled with cash to your bank account and empty that fucking bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it is. It's, you know, it's all this is fucking temporary. You know, you, you, you're lucky enough. You Maybe you get a, a shade in that rainbow. That's comedy, you know, if you're lucky enough. So just everybody's, I hope everybody wins, to tell you the truth. You know, I think there's enough room at the top. There's enough room for everybody. With social media, you really don't need, I mean, you can just go right to an audience, right to a fan base, right to, you know, people that like what you do. They follow you. You can, you know, you get a, you know, you keep building and building your, your brand and your, your thing and you can do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, I'm look at Matt Ryby. He's got 12 million fucking TikTok followers. God bless him. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I don't, I don't worry about that shit, man. I never, I never do. I just, I, I just, I think it's funny that people got nothing else to fucking talk about, but that shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I try to tell myself all the time, like, I, I still get nervous sometimes before doing stand-up, and I'll tell myself, like, man, just enjoy it. This shit ain't going to last forever. Hey, you I, know? Got news, I got news for you, bro. We all still get nervous before we do stand-up. It scares the <laughs> shit out of you every night. But that's what's uh, that's what I like about it. It, it gives you, it makes you feel like you're fucking alive. You're going to go out there and fucking earn it every night. You know, I love stand-up because it's a great equalizer. You know, you can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool all the people some of the time, but you can't fool all the people all the time. You have to do the work, you know what I mean, with stand-up comedy. There ain't no, 
fucking shortcuts in that fucking game. You know what I mean? You got to write the jokes and perform the jokes and, and work on the jokes and work on the material and work on the performing things. And that's a, you know, you're doing a one man show every fucking night. It's equivalent to that anyway. Yeah. And the audiences are different. Like sometimes, especially in Vegas where it depresses me that that room is closed now, but I, yeah. I've had, I've had some of the best shows of my life followed by some of the worst and vice versa. And you just never fucking know what it's, what's going to, what it's going to be. You know, they don't, they don't give a shit. You get to fucking do it, bro. That's the fucking gig. You get to do it. Nobody bats 500 during the season. You're going to have good shows. You're going to have bad shows. But you get to fucking do it. That's the goal. That's the dream. I mean, shit, man, I think about that. Dude, I swear to God, I wake up sometimes. I'm so grateful uh, that I've been able to live this life and perform and make a living doing something I love to do. It's brought me all over the world. I've done military tours. I've done Afghanistan, uh, all over Europe and and and. and, and uh, you know, El Salvador and Cuba and just doing shows for the military. I've been, uh, I've been to Korea three times. I've been, I did three tours of China just on a, on a comedy, like a comedy run over there with Singapore and Hong Kong included Kung Fu comedy boys uh, used to have a tour over there and we used to go and there were English speaking audiences that there was just nothing for them to do. So they would fly over American comedians. I mean, it's a trip people would spend. They'd save their whole life to go to see the great wall of China. You know what I mean? And, and you're getting uh, paid to go see and it. You're getting paid to do it. And so I, I think, you know, it's like, you know, it's just, you know, you realize you're pretty lucky to be able to do this. That's that's for sure. sure. And to be able to do it as long as you, you can do it. It's look, you know, it's not a it's not a sprint, man. It's a marathon. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, it's so, fun. it's so funny. You go to clubs, you see the pictures on the walls of comedians and how many comedians aren't doing it anymore. And. You know, I had to drop out for one reason or another, and you're just able to still go uh, and do what you love to do and, and do it because you love to do it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, is there, is there a better job in the world, man? <laughs> I mean, maybe There's PGA. There's nothing else I would want to do. Maybe being, a, maybe being a player on the PGA Tour, being able to eke out a living playing golf fucking every week, you know, might be a little better, but I, I, who the fuck, you know. Yeah, I just, I, you know, man, I swear to God, these last three years, I've lost so many friends, you know, people that I grew up and were mentors and people that uh, uh, were good friends. I don't care anymore about all that shit. I really don't. I just want to fucking, I just want to go do what I love to do. I want to be able to cre keep creating jokes. You know, I shot a new special this year. We're working on post-production. I got a new album coming out. I'm going to continue to work and, you know, stay in my lane and do what the, you know, I, I don't, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life where I'm at. What did when you, you what, what were you talking about when you said you've lost friends? I mean, not, I know what you're talking about, but I mean, at the time, what was the thing that you said or posted that made no, 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 like, I don't mean that. I don't mean like that. I meant like uh, physically, we passed away. Ah, uh, I'm year, sorry. Okay. Last, yeah, yeah, like you know, uh. Because I lost, I lost friends the other way from COVID. Yeah, well, from, well, that happens. From, from questioning yeah. the science and things like well, that. Yeah, that's well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it doesn't make a difference. You know, people are only people are only able to hear a message they're capable of hearing. You know, you know I mean, if you, if you don't fucking if you don't want to do do the research, I don't know what to fucking tell you. 
but uh, God bless you. And I'm, but I'm not arguing with anybody anymore. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go enjoy what little time I have left on this planet. And I'm going to travel. I'm going to go to Greece. I'm going to go to fucking Italy. I'm going to go to Spain. I'm going to do my stand up. I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of my life. That's my message today. Enjoy the fuck out of your life and all the shit. Yeah, really, because it's, you know, I mean, it was. You realize it all has an expiration date, and and the things you think are important aren't really fucking important. None of it, none of it's important. All, and all of it's like you're, you're living in a fucking simulation for Christ's sakes. You know they got fluoride in your toothpaste. They got the plastics that you store in your food in. That the phthalates in it that leak into the food. I mean, if they're not going to get you this way, they're going to get you that way. They're fucking dosing the drinking water. I mean, you know they're put. You know it's it's just like you know the spraying shit in the sky. I mean these people are all eugenists. They want to kill about five million people. You know they just. Uh, I don't think they quite thought this through yet. I don't know what it is about these fucking people like you know they become like super rich and then they become like james bond villains you know they they buy up all the farmland in the western united states i i would like to launch my own rocket you know like this they turn it they turn hey listen bill bill gates why don't you take some of that money and work on that beatles haircut and those fucking coke bottle fucking ass i mean i mean if i had a fucking eighth of what he had i'd be on a beach in tahiti fucking sipping my ties with fucking topless girls around me fucking going out swimming fucking enjoying my life I, I would not be fucking buying up all the farmland and trying to grow meat out of plant based products i mean it's just what it's plant it's plant meat it doesn't you know all the, like i it's funny all the fucking shit sprayed with chemicals that's all sprayed with chemicals i eat vegetables i'm healthy well maybe maybe not maybe not healthy you know what i mean i mean all this shit uh, you know, you know, can I get the food without the poison on it? Yeah, that'll be extra. Okay, here's some because it's organic or whatever. The five, like, what are, what are we doing? Like, you know, we live in a fucking mental institution. You know, I mean, Did I just a statistic the other day. They said twenty five percent of women are walking around on some kind of fucking uh, antidepressant, and the other seventy five walking around undiagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to be funny now on a serious note. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, man, I, I, I like it's, it's just, uh, I, I really like get up in the mornings. And I'm so grateful for my life. I, sometimes I, I lay in bed for like ten minutes. I just think about all the stuff that I've been able to do, and and uh, you know, my guardian angel probably has three sets of wings and all the stuff. You know, you, you were able, like, you know, I had a, I've had a pretty fucking good 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 run here i'm i'm i really uh, i i'm trying to kind of find a work life balance you know well I, I find that my my day goes much better if i started out by not only praying but thinking about those things that you mentioned and being grateful because if i get up and don't do those things and the first thing i do is go to social media and get pissed off about two or three things or whatever it affects my whole day or at least my morning yeah, and, uh, I, listen, I, you know, the things, yeah, I don't do any of that, man. I, I don't even, I, I don't even watch TV. I listen to music. I, I you know, I fucking journal. I say my rosary. I, th I think of things that I'm grateful for. You know, the funny thing is, it's like your, your, your paradigm shift. When you, when you look at all the little things you have to be grateful for, you find more things to be grateful for. But if you're, you're pissed off and you're angry and then you, and then that's the way you go. I don't, I try to like, you know, I, I got a thing. I got a thing. It's about the three P's. It's it's if it doesn't bring me peace, if it doesn't serve my purpose, or it doesn't bring prosperity into my life, then I don't give it any time, attention, 
you know, and then there's the fourth P, which is pussy, which will fuck the first P faster. <laughs> you can fucking shake a stick at. So you gotta be careful. <laughs> Joke. I'm obviously kidding. I'm I'm writing this down. This is my <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jimmy Schubert started leading the health reforms and fucking mental uh-huh. wellness clinics. I'm just looking for that fourth P every day. Yeah, well, well, that's it. That'll kill you. That's the thing. Something else you mentioned about not arguing with people. Like at the first few, two, three years of all this stuff, especially the first couple of years when my eyes started really getting open to a lot of things, I was arguing with people and and I would even send them, I, I would send people that I knew felt completely different than me. I would send them like these, I'd spend like 30 minutes sending them these the emails that like explaining them to them why I felt the way I did. And yeah. they would send me back like these two word snarky answers. And I'm like, what did you just do, Tim? Like, why did you spend a half an hour of your life trying to convince somebody of something they don't want to be convinced of? Well, and, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people like, you know, I mean, they're conditioned. People are fucking conditioned, that fucking idiot box, the TV. That's why it doesn't come on in my house. I mean, that's why do you think they call it programming? I mean, they've successfully, you know, talk about a psyop. You get a whole generation of people. You're convinced they don't know what fucking gender they are. They hate fucking America. Like, I was just in the Philippines. I was over there in the Philippines. I went to Cebu and Bohol and the Palawan Corona. I was doing some uh, scuba diving and some snorkeling and and you realize only people that have never been outside of this country would fucking hate this country. I mean, do you know how fucking lucky you are? I mean, you talk about the geography of chance. And when I was in India, Russell Peters had brought me to India with him. And you talk about an incredibly fucking poor, like you talk about levels of fucking poverty. Holy fuck. You realize how lucky you are to be born in the United States? I mean, it, I'm telling you, it's fucking, it's heartbreaking. These people live in a box with cinder blocks with a fucking sheet of tin on the roof. I mean, that's their fucking house. I mean, so, I mean, like, Jesus, it, like, it, it angers me that the people do not, like, you take all this for granted. People take it all for granted. It, you got to fucking enjoy it, man. I swear to you. It, it's, you know, it's just... I mean, you, you thank God. I mean, I, I thought like, uh, you know, when you see that, I mean, your, your gratefulness or being grateful for your life reaches new levels. And I talked with Russell Peters' brother Clayton about this, and he was talking, we were talking about India, we were talking about that. And he said, like, you know, Jimmy, if I'm born in India, he goes, I don't, I don't have this life I have now. But me and Russell, our parents didn't take us to Canada, and, you know, we don't have the life we have now. But if you're here, I mean, you know, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it breaks your heart. And, and the Philippines is the same way, similar kind of situation. It just breaks your fucking heart. And Which is part of, I think, why they're able to get away with the shit they do in America because so many Americans are lazy, complacent, and stupid because they've had it so good for so long, they don't know how quickly it can all go to shit. Well, also, uh, you know, they've just been conditioned. It's not their fault. I mean, they don't fucking, I mean, you know, you're only, you're, that's why I stopped getting mad at people because you can, you can only understand to the level you're capable of understanding of. I and mean, if you're not fucking doing the research, you got to do the work on yourself first. I mean, most people can't even be by them fucking selves and do a little self-reflection, spend some time alone, get to know yourself, take your, you know, go to fucking, you know, really figure out who the fuck you are and what makes you happy. I mean, I, I always do it. I always, it's that one question. It's a very simple question. I go, what do you want in your life? 
deceptively simple question, but it happens to be a really important question, and most people can't answer because they haven't even thought about it. They're too busy. Like I'm, I, I go the exact opposite. If the masses are going this way, I'm heading over the other direction. I don't, I don't want any part. I mean, I want to be able to make a living doing something I love to do. I really don't. I haven't watched an episode of the Kardashians. I can literally give a fuck about any of that shit. I really don't. It's all just fucking, fucking makes your brain mush. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard sometimes. We've got a clip, and this is the reason that I was like, I've got to, we've got to talk to Jimmy Schubert on this podcast. But do you have that clip, Mike, of when Jimmy was going off on the that that podcast? I can't remember what it was, which one it was called. It's probably this clip. Let's see. I don't know if it's this one or not, but we'll see. <laughs> I got a, I got a feeling. It's going to make me look like a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if it does or not. Let's see. Well, let's see. Let's see what happens. Comedy is really tough for women or guys. Comedy's fucking tough for everybody. Yeah. It's the toughest thing you'll fucking do. You're gonna make a room full of 250 strangers laugh every night. It's not fucking easy. You go down <laughs> like an Iraqi fighter pilot. You bomb constantly. People fucking heckle you and try to fight you after fucking shows. What fucking line of work did you think you were getting into? Yeah. Sometimes you gotta fight your way out of the comedy club and fucking go to the car and get the pistol and then bring it into the fucking office. Make sure the guy doesn't fucking short you on Sunday night. Two hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I was like, "Fuck it, what the fuck?" Yeah. You know, you know, you're gonna get callous on your feelings. I get out in front of comedy clubs in a safe space. What the fuck are you talking about? It was never fucking safe. No, no, it's never really been safe. But a lot of that might be because you're in there, Jimmy. But uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my buddy. That's my buddy Ronnie Bennington, who I fucking love. I know that guy many years, but he was he's uh, you know it's on the the Bennington show on Sirius. He's uh I've known him for a long time, and uh, he had me on the the unmasked. That was from the unmasked thing, but it was right. I mean, it's true. I like I don't know what the fuck people are talking. Like I mean, I mean, when I was doing stand up, you had to drive a thousand miles a fucking week. I was doing all these creative runs, creative entertainment back in the day, and all through the southeast part of the country. I we go to Cedar Bluff, Virginia, drive over to Prestonburg, Kentucky, and then drive down to Knoxville, Tennessee for a Friday, Saturday night. You felt like a fucking truck driver, you know, and you're in these fucking bacon and grits, outpost fucking things where people like, you know, they don't give a fuck about nothing. You know, and you're up there trying to I, I do I'm, what the fuck are you talking about with a safe space? I mean, you know, I've gotten fights after shows. What the fuck do you think like this is? I mean, it's like, you know, here's the thing. Everybody wants a shortcut, bro. Nobody wants to do the work. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, the, 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 look, I said it before. That's what I love about stand-up. It's the great fucking equalizer man you have to be good at it you got to be real good at it and you, you got to want it and you got to fucking live it breathe it eat it sleep it it's got to fucking ruin your life and fall in love fall in love with it and let it kill you you know what i mean as uh Kowski would say find out what you love and then fall in love with it and let it kill you that's uh the deal man i just wanted to i always i look i didn't want to become famous i just wanted to be the greatest comedian i was capable of being that was my only goal i wanted to be the I wanted to fucking develop my, my 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 voice, and then I wanted to be able to fucking write and create and fucking make albums and fucking that. I mean, that's it. I mean, some people don't. I mean, you guys are doing a podcast. That seems to be the new thing. I don't know when everybody convinced uh, stand-up comedy 
stand-up comics that uh, you know being a being a stand-up comedian isn't enough. You know, you need a podcast. You need this. You need that. You know, hey, I look. <laughs> stand-up comic. It's a pretty fucking tough line of work. I'm gonna. I, well, I gotta do something else now. Hey, yeah, yeah, you know, he's a fucking agent and manager. Why? Not, not between auditioning and fucking flying all over the country and fucking you know writing my act and performing and editing specials and you know I gotta I gotta throw some other stuff on top of it. I mean, I get it. It's a great way to reach an audience, and it's you know I get it. I'm not you know fighting it, but I'm just, I'm just I I'm not a guy. I don't. I don't, you know, I just want to do what I want to do. You know what I mean? I'm a close-up magician. I work on my magic. I work on my stand-up. I fucking, you know, I golf. I like to go scuba diving. I fucking, you know, I mean, what, you know, where am I supposed to squeeze all this other shit in, you know? Where do you, first of all, how old are you and how old were you when you did your first open mic night? Well, it's interesting. When I was nine years old, I started doing magic, and by the time I was 15, I was an accomplished professional magician. I had doves. I was doing like probably four or five shows a month sometimes, and I started doing that. I did it until I was about 18, and then I kind of, you know, hung up the wand, retired the rabbit, and then I just went into uh, start doing the stand-up comedy clubs, and I was I was, a, I was a 17, 18. I think I had to get my brother's driver's license so I get in the club and do the open mic. Uh, and then, uh, and I started doing it that then, and I started doing, it. I did it for a couple of years in Philly. And then I just, I knew I was going to do it. I just, I just wanted to kind of get the hard part out of the way. And then I was going to go to Los Angeles because I, I really had decided that this is how I was going to make my living. So yeah, I was in LA when I was like 19, 20 years old. I remember celebrating my 21st birthday there at the comedy store. And I just, uh, and I just, uh, yeah, I'm 57, so it's been a yeah. I've been doing this my whole fucking adult life, mostly. <laughs> I, I just re- I just remembered that you were uh, opening act for Sam Kennison too, right? What was that guy like? Oh, dude, that was uh, that was a different fucking period of time in history. Of it's a fucking guy's been dead 30 years. He was a fucking monster, bro. I mean, he was the guy doing all this shit before anybody was doing this shit. I mean, he had four guys on the road opening for him. Carl Bo, Mitchell Walters, two of my friends who passed away, who I love dearly. They were like mentors and big brothers. And Carl Bo really kind of helped me figure out the comedy thing in these big giant arenas. I got to perform the joke. Got to be the whole joke. Can't just say the joke. You got to perform it. And Carl was one of the most physically gifted comedians. Uh, truly one of the fucking funniest people off stage, on stage, and just a great spirit. And uh, you know, uh, Mitchell was one of the greatest joke book writers, but he was a grifter, man. This guy was like, this guy was, like, he was such a character. And then you had Sam and Alan Stevens. And, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, uh, it was definitely an education. I'll tell you, cause you got to watch, you know, I mean, literally I, I could look, I go, well, I could learn what not to do from Sam and also learned a lot about what to do. You know, some of the things because he was a fucking maniac. I mean, you know, when his little brother, Kevin, committed suicide, he lost his mind a little bit. I don't blame him. I mean, you know, he just, you, you know, he had a tremendous amount of guilt over it. And so you you want to numb that pain. So you do it with alcohol and drugs. The problem is when you, when you, uh, you know, the grief passes, you're stuck with those bad habits. And he, I, Sam wasn't, you know, he, you know, he was... You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I was lucky enough to get on tour with him, but also, I mean, that's how I got on the road. Like I would go on the tour with Sam. We do like 50 cities 
And so I would call all the comedy clubs and invite the owners and the bookers out to the show and leave four passes with backstage passes to them. So the comedy club guys would come out because Sam was obviously one of the hottest guys in the country at the time, and they got free tickets so they come backstage. I introduced him to Sam. Sometimes Sam would go over and he'd do a set at the comedy club. But then I circled back around after I got off tour with Sam, and I called all those clubs, and I doubled back around. I said, you know, 6,000 people just saw me. Why don't you give me a week there, and we could bring some of them in. And that's how literally – that's literally how I got on the road because I, I you know, I, I want to be able to make my living doing stand-up. And, and unfortunately there's just no other way to do it. It's just sheer fucking will of just driving to these places and flying to these places, and, you know, making enough money to cover your ass. It was a, you know, we didn't have fucking GPSs. We had fucking maps and we had pay phones. <laughs> I swear to God, if you were late, you had to go out the way. Pull over and tell them I just try to get the, I mean, you had to read a fucking map. I'm not kidding you, man. It was like being Magellan. Let's, let's say if I take Highway 40, you had to be able, there was no G- GPS shit. Thank God I started after after the maps. It was map quest for me. At least I could print out the directions and, and have them that yeah. way. But I couldn't read a fucking map to save my life. I would have just not been able to do comedy. Yeah, no, no, it was it was funny, man. I, I mean, you know, and, and you split the you usually go tour with a couple of different guys and split the bills. I mean, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, man. It was there was definitely a couple different phases of, you know, doing that. And touring and driving, and then and then uh, you know I, got, I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival, and I was able to get a development deal, which got got me back to Hollywood, and I started auditioning again, and then it was that level of my career that boom, and then you know I got a Comedy Central special, and things just gradually went from there, you know. But uh, yeah, and I've been lucky enough to act when they let me, so it's uh, it's been a good little run, you know. That's- I don't. That's what I was going to ask earlier. I know you've done a lot of like humorous movie stuff. Have you done any serious movie stuff? Yeah, I'd rather do. Well, I was in the movie Go with uh, Doug Lyman, who just uh, uh, directed the uh, what's that new movie he directed? Um, shoot. Anyway, but Doug Lyman from uh, Swingers fame, uh, he was the guy. He put me in Go, and he also gave me a job on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know, because I work with him. He goes, I got, I got some. You know, he shoots for a couple of days. I go, yeah, but he goes, it's with Brad and Angela. I said, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, you know, those little parts in movies, by the time it's all said and done, turn out to be about 30, 40 grand because you keep getting residuals. Is he doing Roadhouse? Yes, that's what it is. It's Roadhouse. Yes, he's doing Roadhouse. But that's Doug, Doug Lyman. And he put me in the movie Go. Uh, I was able to get in the movie Go. And that really kind of launched my, uh, really launched me because it was a, cool movie a hit movie and everybody was in it i mean you know doug lyman directed it but it was uh shoot it was uh scott wolf and uh, jesus uh bill fickner sarah polly katie holmes i mean it had a, an all-star cast it was a good it was a cool movie jay and moore tay diggs what's that Jay Moore, Tay Diggs. Yeah, Jay Moore, Tay Diggs. I mean, it was chock full of fucking monsters, you know. Uh, they, uh, oh, Timmy Oxelfamp played the drug dealer. Yeah, you've been in a ton of stuff, man. Every now and again, I'll be watching a movie, and I'm like, hey, fucking Jimmy Schubert. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've been pretty lucky, man. I, I, you know, not, you know, I've been pretty lucky to be able to, you know, do that, you know, and being able, you know, because I always started. That was always the plan. I mean, I went to a magnet high school. I went to a creative and performing arts high school and studied drama. I mean, it was always. I was going to do stand-up, but I thought you could stand-up and you could act, too. I thought you could do both. I didn't think one was mutually exclusive to the other, and I thought uh, they would enhance each other as well. And certainly they did. I mean, you know, I was in that movie, Matt Reif, I play a manager in it. And, uh, yeah, it's a funny fucking movie. I can't – I've seen a lot of people say, say this, and laughed out loud lots of times. I mean, I don't know when the last time you saw a comedy where you laughed out loud, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah my, we'll have to we'll have to see it. My wife the other day was like, "Wait, I want to go see a comedy," and I was like, "I don't think they make those anymore." Yeah, they do. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on uh, iTunes. You can get it on. Uh, but it's a, it's a fun little movie. Russell Peters in it. Uh, it's Carrot Top. I think uh, you know it's got a kind of a cool comedian cast. You know all the and uh, you know Matt Reif does a great job and Jamie Kennedy. They do a great job together. I I really like it. I think it, I think it's because they they blend it perfectly. It's not corny. It's not high concept. And the way they reveal it, it's. I thought they did a perfect job with it, to tell you the truth. It's a nice okay. balance. I can't wait to check it out. Um, yeah, the other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I don't know if we have that clip or not, um, it, you were on some podcast and you were talking about cognitive dissonance, and you kind of you kind of went off about that, about how stupid people are. Do you well, remember that? I know you know that clip because it's pinned to your Instagram. But do you remember yeah, specifically I, I, what you're talking about? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's that one went viral because it's because it because me and you aren't the only ones who feel this way. You know, I mean, you know, the you get you you, you get like you confront people with facts or he goes, whose facts? And I go, these are the facts. You know, there's fucking. You know, fucking million people here, and most of them are born from a woman. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> you fucking need other than that. I mean, it's, you know, uh, and, and so I just, but there's this, not only is it, it's, it's, I'm telling you, the further a society drifts from the truth, and the more they hate those who speak it. I mean, look what they, they, they try to cancel Rogan, they try to cancel fucking Anthony Tate, they try to cancel Russell Brand. I mean, anybody who goes against, uh, the machine or the, the the illusion, and when you just fucking unplug and walk away, you go, I'm just fucking done. I don't give a, you know, if I want to watch, you know, if I want to watch, I'll watch a DVD. I am not interested. I mean, we live in a clown world. You're fucking. Uh, if you have these symptoms, try this pill. And if you have side effects from that pill, try this pill. And then if either one of those two pills affects you, you'll try this pill. And then a lawyer comes on. Have you tried any of these three pills? You may be entitled to <laughs> I mean, this is the fucking, this is every fucking day. And like, what are you fucking, it's like stupid. I mean, I think like I bought a pair of compression socks from a company six fucking years ago. They're still sending me emails. I go, bro, I don't give a fuck. I got socks from you. I fucking bought a backpack. Will you stop fucking? I got me deleting emails like Hillary Clinton. <laughs> what the fuck? Leave me alone already. I mean, the more you bother me, I hope I'm never going to buy a product. The more you keep sending emails, the less inclined I am to have you fucking sell me any fucking thing else. It's, you know, it's just, you know, dude, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I just, I don't give a fuck about any of it, man. It's fucking insane. We're living in an insane clown world, and who knows how much time any of us has left before the aliens fucking come into the fucking mall in Miami and fucking start eating people. Ten-foot-tall aliens. Well, you know what's funny? If you reverse those exact coordinates where the mall is, they put them in backwards. You wind up in Antarctica. 
Yeah, I heard that also. I don't yeah. know how much I believe it or if it's even Listen, true. Here's the thing. I don't believe anything anymore. So now I'm believing everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I don't fucking believe. I, I, the, you lied about the Florida and the toothpaste. You lied about the fucking drinking water. You lied about cigarettes. Fucking liquor is fine and all, all this shit. And, and you lied about fucking everything. The moon landing. Fucking everything. You lied about fucking everything. There's aliens involved. I mean, it's not even the biggest story. There's spacecraft all over the United States. It's not even a big story. No one's covering it. No one's. How about the thousands of missing kids that go missing? Do you ever see a fucking story about a missing kid on fucking TV ever or that they recovered any of these people? No. I mean, this is a fucking. Does anybody respect or even watch fucking news anymore or read newspapers? I'm not gonna recycle a pet bird. I won't even put the newspaper in the bottom of his cage so we can shit on it. I don't fucking respect the bird too much. He's gonna shit on his fucking fake news story. I mean, you know, it's like just fucking, it's programming on top of program on top of program. And the minute you start to slowly unplug from all of it, the happier you become, the more fucking centered you become. And and I go, this is just a fucking con game. It's a con game. Look, if Tom catches Jerry, the fucking show's over. I was asking, while like when one party's in power, they never solve the fucking problems. Well, because if Tom catches Jerry, then the show's over. They got to keep this fucking circus going. And people think, if you think one side's better than the other, or like one side's a bunch of fucking lunatics, the other side's a bunch of fucking cowards. I mean, if you think that's like the two system, like we're fucking, oh, it's a, they're, they're fucking these People are as fucking shallow, vacuous fucking scumbags that sell their own mother out for a fucking nickel. And these are your leaders. Or so they forget, you know, you work for me, fuckface. You work for me. You, you're full of shit. You're dumb. It's like show business for ugly people. It's politics. It's fucking gross. I don't, I can't, I can't, I just go, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to, I only got another fucking 20 years if I'm lucky. Do whatever the fuck. I don't care anymore. I guess what? that's what they want you. I guess that's how they win. I just, I mean, it, it's not worth my mental well-being. So is this you officially announcing that you're going to run for uh That's why I've decided to run for president of the United States <laughs> under the fucking Stop the Rent Party. Stop the rent. <laughs> <laughs> they they won't let people with common sense in there as far, you know, I think I, my, my opinion on like Trump is that like they... They hate that guy as much as they do because he came along and they're like, listen, man, we've been making a lot of money for a long time screwing the American people and we don't need you fucking it up. So I was curious what your opinion is on Trump. Well, here's the thing, bro. Under Trump, I was doing I was having one of the best four year periods of my fucking life. Gas was two bucks a gallon. We hadn't started any wars. We weren't funding all these fucking goddamn coup. And you know what? And that's why, obviously, you know. They hate him. He exposed them all, including the media. I mean, it's like I don't fucking believe a single fucking thing these people say anymore. You've Me neither. I don't believe a single fucking thing that comes out of their mouths. Well, I just know I, 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 I uh, you know, I mean, consider the alternatives. I, I certainly don't think that Joe Biden got 80 million fucking votes. Are you fucking out of your mind? This guy's a scumbag from way back. You know, I, I mean, look, I, I. I, I think they've, you know, they, they said, people think that, you know, all the stuff they hear in the news is there's some truth to it. None of it's true. It's written at a fourth grade level so the masses can wrap their minds around it. You got some beautiful face reading from a fucking teleprompter, a story that's written at a fourth grade level. So all these dumb fucks who sit on their couch and just fucking eat fucking sugar and poison, stuff their faces with pepper's cola and work on a type 2 diabetes, get fucking brainwashed. 
Yeah, we're fucked, basically. So enjoy your life is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> do you, what, what do you think that, I mean, I know you can't predict the future. You don't have a crystal ball, but what do you think, what links do you think they're going to go to to keep that guy out of the out of the White House? Because I don't think it's going to be a simple election. Here's the thing, bro. They Once they have power, they never want to relinquish it, even if it is the will of the people. They won't. They'll cheat. They'll lie. They've done it before. Both sides have done it. I mean, I don't care. It's fucking, it's the scummiest fucking thing. Most people don't give a fuck. I mean, but when you realize after all the crafted commercials and the presentation and the secret behind the scenes alliances and the secret handshakes and back rooms where millions of dollars are passed back and forth, there's too much fucking money, bro. There's too much fucking money for this to ever fucking fix itself or repair itself. I mean, it, they're going to fucking ruin it. I mean, they're going to just ruin this fucking country. That's what they want. They want to turn it into. I mean, I don't think they've thought it through. I, I, but the, 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 it, look at all the fucking look at all the cities that are run into the fucking look at Los Angeles. Look at fucking San Francisco. Don't the, look at fucking Detroit. Look at Chicago. Look at these fucking look New York. You can fucking have that shit. I don't want to live anywhere fucking near it. I'm voting with my feet. I got the fuck out of there. I think it's insane. It's in, and people just sit back. I mean, you, they're just going to keep pushing you back and pushing you back and pushing you back until you wake up and go, "How the fuck did we get here?" But it's going to yeah. be too late by then. It's going to be too late by then. And so I don't, I don't, I don't know what to fucking tell people. Like I'm, I, you know, look. If you think one side's better than the other, then you're fucking absolutely mentally encumbered. Uh, I think we're fucked, really. Because it, they both sides do it. They trade stocks illegally. They all go up there and become fucking millionaires because they vote on the bills. They're going to make all the money for the banks. I mean, if you could tell me why I have to pay $3 to get my fucking money out of the goddamn bank, who okayed that bill? Well, somebody who was getting paid off by the credit card companies and the banking companies. I mean, it's, it's they're, 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 Trump was right about one thing. It's fucking stacked against you. It's all fucking stacked against you. They're trying to fucking murder you with the food. There's fucking poison. You people are counting calories. Go go look at the chemicals on the side of a fucking package. All those cereals you're feeding your fucking kid got dyes in them and sugar in them. They turn your kids into fucking ADHD fucking monsters. You know, I read a study that said they took 300 kids and they put them on a proper nutritional diet. Right. And all their symptoms went away. All their HD went away. All their fucking, you know, attention deficit disorder. All of it went away because they were eating properly, you know, but you know, you don't see that anywhere. Why? Where's the story on that? I mean, you know, you just, it's, it's. No, if they tell us that story, then they put a hundred people out of business, you know? Well, you listen, man, that's, that's, you know, it's. If I, you know, if you went to your doctor I mean, look, and look, look we're headed, look what AI, look at AI. I mean, how many jobs is that going to eliminate? What are those people going to do for a fucking living? I mean, you're going to fucking, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, but then, you know, the, the Google car driver becomes the Google steamboat computer, which comes the <coughs> Google Pepsi truck computer driver. And before you know it, machines are doing fucking everything. Didn't John Connor warn about all this stuff? <laughs> well, you fucking know it. You know you you're being pulled over by a robot cop. You know it's 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 insane. I I don't think any of these people have thought this through. I mean, the thing of it is, I mean, we're losing our humanness at at the 
you know, at the interest of like progress, what people think progress are. I think, you know, it's, I think it's true. Ancient civilizations were probably more technically advanced than we are. You know, I think everything that gets you in front of a machine or they say a smart car or a smartphone, that's all surveillance, substitute surveillance. So, so it's a surveillance phone. It's a surveillance car. They know where you're at at all times. They can fucking track you and log you and everything else. They know exactly what you do. That's what they want, the information. We're living We're living in a, a digital panoptagon is what they call it, which is Jerry Bethany, this late 17th century behavior guy came up with a prison where the, 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 the guard shack was in the middle of the semi and they could see all the prisoners and so and eventually they, they could see the prisoners but the prisoners couldn't see them because the glass and so uh, eventually they took the guards out of the building and all the behavior uh, all the all the criminals behaved themselves because they thought they were being watched 24 7 so it's like a it's like that kind of thing except it's a digital panopticon i know that's a I was thinking about that concept the other day, man. Now it went over like a fart in iron lung. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's interesting. That's it. Well, we, we do. We, we live it. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, you know, I have a friend of mine who's a Philadelphia police detective. He says the best thing ever invented to solve crimes was Facebook. Not only are they dumb enough to commit the crime, then they post a video on Facebook. You know how many crimes they solve? Just like go to fucking Facebook and watch these people. I mean, that's how dumb. I mean, you know, that's how, like, like, dude, the whole, I mean, you have you read about the CIA funding all this rap music mm-hmm. to get kids to listen to it before you know it? Now the prisons are filled. I've heard all about it. Yeah, I've heard about the, the meeting in, in wherever it was, well, I mean, L.A. back in the day. Listen, and Yeah, well, I got news for you, bro. And then you hear all these fucking people talking about, like, Cat Williams' interview on the Shay Shay podcast and some of that stuff. And some of these other guys have kind of, like backed up some of the stories i mean i look i i don't yeah i'm i'm just i don't i don't, I don't know anymore <laughs> and i'm not trying to try to figure it out either i'm just going to enjoy some sunshine i'm going to take my shoes off and put my feet in the sand i'm going to swim in the ocean i'm going to enjoy the fuck out of my life you know yeah well you, you can't beat you can only beat your head against a wall for so long before you realize like it's only getting it's not getting through to enough people i mean part of the reason mike and i started doing this podcast was to just basically to have a, a, a once a week where we kind of vent about this stuff. And then I don't think about it the rest of the week for the most part. I, I don't need any more convincing that, that we're being lied to about just about everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, nine 11 is what changed it for me. And, and ever yeah, since then, when you, when you do the research, I mean, you know, look at the Maui fire. I mean, you talk about fucking sloppy. You talk about fucking sloppy. That was fucking sloppy. I mean, and fucking horrible for those fucking people who live there. I mean, they fucking want those people out of their homes. They're going to turn them into fucking high rises. All the rich celebrities live over there. They all had blue roofs. The blue umbrellas didn't burn. The blue trash cans didn't burn. Fucking, I don't know when the fucking last time you were in a forest fire where it melted fucking aluminum. I got news for you, bro. That doesn't fucking happen. So, uh, it was fucking sloppy, and but it's at the more and also all these forest fires. You've seen these fucking direct energy weapons coming out, and people have fucking video of it. I mean, what am I fucking? What am I? What, what am I? Mama Luke over here? What am I half of Mama Luke? I see what's going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, but what are you? Gonna, well, obviously, what are you going to do about it? But I, I certainly, I, I, I don't. Good luck. I'm. I'm. I'm out. You can you can do it. You can fucking I mean it's it's insane. We're living in an insane world. And you so know I, I was I, just talking to my wife about the moon landing thing that you brought up earlier. Do you believe 
that that's all bullshit because I have seen the footage and I'm like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't. <laughs> bro, bro. Who was filming it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, Stanley Kubrick. There's a picture of him with a bat lot, back lot at fucking Paramount Studios. He's walking with foot like he's he's got a couple NASA guys on three NASA guys on one side, another NASA guy on the other side. They directed it. It's a, bro. Go back and look at that motherfucking craft. Look at the craft. The land, it looks like a fucking. It looks like cardboard wrapped with tin foil. You know, this was the. This yeah. Was, I mean, it, it looks kind of. I mean, <laughs> you have a perspective. Yeah, it looks a little. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and besides, a lot of the astronauts have said. I mean, uh, I mean, there's a video where they come back in the interview. They all look like they're fucking lying. Like it never happened. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin even said he goes, "What's the scariest thing about going to the moon?" He goes, "Well, if it happened, you know, but it never happened." He said it as much. Yeah, that was pretty recent too, wasn't it? What's that? That was pretty recent. He said it again, yeah. or it was a, just an old clip that I just saw recently. But yeah, and and, and fucking exactly. I mean, you know, a lot of this shit doesn't hold up, man. And when you realize they lied about the fluoride and toothpaste and 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 the, the, the chemicals and your fucking deodorant, and these you know makeup executives fuck with women's self images to get them to buy fucking all these chemicals to smear on their fucking body so they can fucking chase youth. They smear 196 chemicals on their body every single fucking day. I and mean, you wonder why fucking breast cancer is the way it is. A lot of this shit is fucking class A carcinogens that they're smearing on your fucking body. You know that they say in sun sun the skin cancer is up 51 percent, but the exposure to the sun is down like fucking 30 percent because most people fucking don't even go outside anymore and they but they what they do is they smear that fucking chemical on their bodies and it's a class a carcinogen. a lot of that shit in that is fucking poison i don't put any of that shit on my body man but it's all uh but yeah again i mean you know but it's okay buddy fda 9-11 is what changed everything for me. Once I realized the official story of that was bullshit, everything else just started like making sense to me as far as like, man, this is yeah. all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's all it's all a house of cards. And you know what the funny thing is if everybody fucking said stop it enough. Like I don't I vote with my wallet. I, I look you you wanna I, I don't fucking support anything or anybody that, you know. I, that's that's all. I vote with my feet. And I vote with my wallet. So I'm not, you know, I don't. I'm Do not you vote with your vote also. Thing. What's that? Do you vote with your vote also? Or are I you? Do. I do. I do vote with my vote also. All right. Uh, but uh, but yeah. But I, I mean, you know, it's fucking not like it makes a difference. But I do. But. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's like uh, I always joke about uh, our presidential election is the same as as a parent deciding what dessert their kid gets. They're like, do you want a cookie or do you want an ice cream? That's hilarious. And That's it's like, you idea. can pick whatever you want. Just I'll give you these two choices. Well, the funny thing is, it's it's a complete fucking scam. I mean, it's a scam because the real fucking power is Vanguard and BlackRock and some of these fucking behind-the-scenes fucking corporations that have that they've done the same thing in our country that they've done in Iraq and some of these other places. I mean, you, you they're fucking people are buying up all the fucking land. They're buying up all the fucking property. I mean, it's uh you know the the shit people think they know about. I mean, I'm I'd be surprised 
or what the fuck's going on in Antarctica? I would fucking. I, I think most people would lose their fucking minds if they knew the truth. I think most people would just fucking pop, 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 lost their fucking mind and jump out the fucking window. Are you kidding me? Tell us, tell us more about Antarctica because I'm not very familiar with any of that. Well, you know, I think one of the astronauts was up there and he said, you know, we've seen the face of evil. There's something going on up there. There's, you know, it's it's uh, it's the only country nobody fucking owns. You nobody's allowed to go to. I mean, it's a it's not a. There's uh, there's some other people that have been down there and said we looked and saw the face of evil. So I don't know what the fuck is going on up there. Nor do I want to confront it. You know, I don't be, I don't I don't, be, I don't be living my life in any sci-fi movie. I don't. You know, it's just it's just. I, I, the thing is, I, I believe all of it. I mean, look at look at the look at all the uh, uh, you know look at the the Egyptians, the the stories about the Anunnaki, uh, the interference with the you know the, the giants that used to live on this uh, you know all, all this stuff. It all has merit now because I, I why I mean you know what I mean I mean even the 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 the, the lost the, the Gnostic Bibles, the Bibles they left unprinted in the Bible. I mean, there's some interesting things in there as well. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I think we're, I think they've educated all this stuff out of us. I think we're really fucking powerful. We're capable of fucking real magic. If you get all your shit aligned and you get you fucking able to figure out what it is and align yourself with your life purpose and just fucking manifesting things. I mean, I think my life is a manifestation of that. It's something I wanted to do when I was nine that I believed I could do. And it kind of became a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was a lot of work, but it, it, it happened. But I think, you know, the, the, I don't think they want, like, look at the school system. The school system's designed to make people subservient. It's, make, it's designed to make you a good nine to five worker. It was designed by a fucking German guy during World War II. They didn't want, they don't want, they don't want a hardcore thinking population in their hands they want you dumbed down they want i mean you know they they, they want to be able to manipulate the masses which is a fucking news program which they do they're fully capable mm -hmm. of it. i mean i i i don't know if there's anything you can do about it but I, that's this is what i believe i don't I, I i i woke up one day about five years ago i said i don't fucking know anything and i started going down fucking rabbit holes with which led which led to rabbi holes God. <laughs> 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 but you uh you start, i mean there's something to it you but know, yeah is, you live in the information age you know you live in the information age and so i don't i mean you can't suppress it any longer there's always something somewhere that goes uh that's interesting but that, that that's all colleges man it's just a way for employers to know that you're trainable because yeah, they're not yeah, they're not fucking teaching you anything these days yeah well it's like you you're you're you've been indoctrinated you you're getting you're getting indoctrinated now i mean you know it, it's 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 I mean, you know, some of the smartest people I know in my life never even graduated fucking high school. Some of the smartest, most powerful dudes I've never graduated fucking high school. Let alone go to college, let alone go to fucking college. And, uh, you know, there's some of the smartest fucking people I know. Because well, once you realize you're responsible for your, your own education at some point, and even the history books are all fucking clouded. The Bible's not really the Bible. The Bible's a version of it that they gave to you after they fucking messed with it and extracted a couple things because they didn't want you to know the truth. I, I really do. I believe it, all of it. If they fuck with the news, you can only imagine what they've done with history. Yeah, we only get to see, I think, 66 stories of the bible and there's actually like 766 i believe that they've just 
they just didn't put in there. Well, dude, there's there's uh, there's ancient ancient text of the Somalia uh, in Somalia is these these unwritten uh, texts that like there's these scrolls that are uh, Sumeria is that what yeah, you're talking about? Sumerian, the Sumerian text and even uh, you know uh, like a thing from magic which is uh, abracadabra is, is based on a Latin Aramaic word meaning abracadabum which means I speak it into existence because why do you think they call it spellings I mean your words have power I mean if you really thought about it for a second how powerful your words are or how powerful your thoughts you wouldn't just think or say anything you would create why take the opportunity to not create the life you want or speak things into existence that you want in your life why would you beat yourself up why would you uh, you're an idiot you're a moron you know, why would you do that why not go the other direction? See how that works out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sneaking up on fifty now. I'll be forty nine in a couple, three, four months, and uh, I've just now stopped making consciously making an effort to not be like you're a fucking idiot and that uh, kind of you thing. Know, you, know, you know, it has power, but but it takes effort. You gotta really reprogram your stuff. You're not responsible for the shit they programmed into you, but you certainly are responsible for correcting it. And reprogramming yeah. your brain, dude. I, you know, the, the right before you go to bed, you program your subconscious. When you get up in the morning, you reaffirm your fucking subconscious. I mean, it's a powerful fucking tool. If you fucking believe it, it's. You, you, I think all this stuff is they they want you to think that it's they live in the campaign is fear. It's all fear based shit. They want you scared to death. You know, it's fucking insane. It's I, I so I I mean I just found out what works for me and it took me a long time to do that as well, Tim, to get to a point where you're at this place where you go, none of it means anything. Especially if someone says something shitty to me, you go, oh, must be having a bad day or your life. It's they try to project shit onto your life. It's got nothing to do with me, bro. It's got nothing yeah. to do with me. I don't fucking you know I, I I don't let people project shit onto me anymore. I don't accept it. I'm careful about who I spend my fucking time with and my energy with because it's all currency now, man. It's all energy and vibration if you allow that shit into your life that fucking negative vibe those negative people it's it fucking it's draining it drains you yeah i'd rather, I'd rather be by myself because i you know i've been doing meditation i've been doing hot yoga for the last three years i lost 50 pounds i, I went you know i just tried to have been doing you know i changed my whole diet you know based on you know some of the things, eating whole foods and you know convince everybody that butter and red meat and eggs are bad for you they're not they're not that's the fucking shit Right there. I lost 47 pounds eating fucking steak and eggs, bro. Woo! Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, it's crazy. But they convince you. Like, I mean, if you could tell me there's one fucking test, there's one fucking test that says the 250 number on cholesterol is where you need to start taking pharmaceutical fucking statin lowering medications. You show me one fucking test that confirms that. It's all bullshit. There's never one. Your brain, your liver produces 80% of the fucking cholesterol in your body. Your, your brain's 40% cholesterol. All the new cells and regenerative cells in your body come from a cholesterol environment. So when they put you on these statins, these lowering, these, uh, these cholesterol-lowering medications, it lowers it across the fucking board. So they said, uh, I mean, they believe that uh, dementia and, and sundowners and, and, and Alzheimer's is a physician-created disease. And if you look back in the late 70s when they put everybody on these fucking statins, in the 80s, there was an explosion of Alzheimer's and dementia. It was like up 2,000%. I mean, really? I mean, these are the kind of these are the people who you think have your best interest at heart. You're out of your fucking mind. I yeah. I filter my water through fucking seven layers of filtration to get all the shit out of it. I <laughs> these glass jars. <laughs> I'm fucking homestead, bro. 
gigantic green beans over here. I'm getting ready. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, uh, but, but once you realize all that shit, the aluminum is bad. That's where those toxic metals get into your fucking brain. That's where a lot of that shit comes from. The shit in your underarm deodorant, it's right on your lymph system. Yeah, it's all, I mean, you know, I've been, I've been trying to educate myself and, and I, I just, I just feel fucking great. I've got and cut it all out. No more chemicals. I don't even wash my hair every day. Yeah. Do you, do you ever worry that speaking the, I mean, I don't feel like you do, but I just wanted to ask, do you ever feel like speaking the truth about shit is going to hurt your career in any way? Or does you just what, not what, give a shit? Hurt, hurt me out. What? What? what hey, you know, hey, I'm not going to be able to do the chuckle hut in fucking February. <laughs> Cancel me, really? Oh, God forbid! I'm a comedian. What are you fucking listen to me for? These are all jokes. Uh, I'm just no. I don't care. I don't fucking care because I'd rather be. I'd, I'd fucking rather be this guy than fucking you know than the fucking uh, you know. I mean, obviously, if you thought that they had your best interest at heart from these vaccines, you're out of your fucking mind. I know, out of your fucking mind. With the fucking research that's been done on this shit and things you know and the people dropping dead all over the fucking place and the fucking stringy blood clots that look like fucking squids they're pulling out of people. Uh, uh, you know, the, the amount of deaths for people under 40 is up uh, 75%. And it was based on a study that a, a life insurance company has to pay out on all those claims. So you know the numbers are accurate. So nobody's questioning it. Fucking world-class athletes are dropping dead all over the fucking world. I mean, how much money do you fucking need? Sir? I know. I mean, how much money do you fucking need? Like, it, it's like this fucking, it's like, I mean, it's it's such a soulless endeavor. I feel fucking bad for those people. Is yeah. it about money, you think, or is it about? Karma is a real fucking thing, man. And whatever you put into the universe comes back to you tenfold. If you want to fucking, if you want to be loved, then fucking learn how to love people. If you want to be happy, fucking make other people happy. You just, if you fucking, you got to be in service of somebody. And I think that's a real fucking karma coming for these motherfuckers. If I had my way, I'd have dragged Dr. Fauci out of his front fucking door and fucking douse him in gasoline and set him on fire and let the, call the news cameras, let them tip it off so people can watch him burn. That's just how I feel about the guy. Yeah, I agree with you. Him and him and him and a lot of them. You know, they're so fucking evil with the shit that they've been doing. Uh, Bill Gates, especially, like you said earlier, if I had that kind of money, I would be on a six hundred fifty million dollar yacht with like the hottest stripper pussy you've ever seen in your life. Don't <laughs> sugarcoat it. That's fucking hilarious. No, I, I, hey, listen, dude, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All this shit comes with an expiration date. You look at Steve Jobs. That guy, well, what an innovator that guy was. And all his money and all his innovation couldn't save him. And he, you know, and that, that kind of thing. You just look at all. Fucking enjoy the fuck out of your life. Why not go make people happy? There's enough people out there fucking shit up. Try to fucking go the other direction. Try to be a kind human being. I swear to God, man. I, I just, it's, we, we, we've lost what it's like to be a fucking human being. We've lost our way a little bit. I mean, oh, yeah. you, you imagine fucking like things like, I got fired for a tweet. You got fired for a tweet. 
Sounds like something a cartoon character would say. You can fight for a tweet, tweet? Yeah, I got five for a tweet. It's 140 characters. I, I, I said something, and, uh, you know, but it's like, you know, it's just words on a screen, and all these people attach meaning to it. It's not what I fucking meant. You know, people are, oh, you must have. No, I didn't mean that, but help yourself. And, uh, you know, people are just looking to fucking get angry, like looking under rocks and shit to get angry for. That's how good your life is when you, you know, get angry to tweet. That's the worst problem of your day. It's like, we're, we're, you are fucking out of your fucking mind. Go fucking make yourself happy. Figure it the fuck out. Stop being a fucking world-class cunt. <laughs> I didn't mean to say world-class. But listen, here's the thing. No, I mean, it's, seriously, it's like like people, people have to fucking ruin everything. Like, your life is so easy, you have to go around ruining shit. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. It's just walk away. If you don't want to do it, walk away. You don't got to make sure no one else can do it. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just, it's. I don't know where we got to this point where people feel like they got to make everybody do everything. Like, you're a vegan, so everybody else has got to be vegan. Fuck you. All right? <laughs> Fuck you. I didn't fucking fight to the top to get to the top of the food chain to eat fucking rabbit food. Are you out of your fucking mind? No. Hey, I wanted to ask you about that pilot you did, Lucky. I think we have a clip of it. I don't know. Do you have that clip, Mike? We do have that clip. Th yes. This this made me. You did such a great job on this clip, dude. Um, I'm, I'm improvising the whole thing. And that, really? Yeah. And that episode, <laughs> we have a time to shoot that because John Corbett kept laughing his ass. I'm going, all right, say it. What are you going to say? Mud whistle? You're going to say leather Cheerio? Because like, they let me fucking just go. <laughs> And uh, the episode got nominated for an Emmy. Rob and Mark Cullen were the writers for that. And uh, the Russo brothers directed it. I, I think directed this episode. They said it is. But it was a great. Uh, they just let me go. Because I used to play cards with Rob Cullen. And I would kind of be like that guy. And he goes, could you do that? For like, oh, fuck, I'd love to. Let's do it. Uh -huh. you know, he's the pilot where this guy's coming off the. He's a gambling addict. And he's coming off the gambling wagon. But, you know, it's one of those things, you know. So we'll play the clip, but so this this show did come to fruition. I thought it was just the pilot. Yeah, it lasted about a year. You know what was in it? Billy Gardell was in it. Uh, I love Billy. Billy's such a great dude. Oh, he's the Billy's the best. And, and and Craig Robinson and Craig Robinson was one of the other guys. So it was John Corbett, Craig Robinson, Billy Gardell. I mean, it had a fucking really great cast. It was it was great. so well written and so well acted and and directed. It was I, you know, and the critics fucking loved it so obviously they had to cancel it right i mean yeah i go it's like if the critics love it you go, oh, this thing's gonna last a year but, but let me let me tell you a quick billy gardell story before we play the thing this guy during the height of his career during his sitcom came in i was working at the columbus funny bone and yeah. he came in and the guy could have done an hour and no one would have said shit to him and he was such a professional they asked him to do like a 10 minute guest spot he did 10 minutes on the fucking nose because he respected the show and respected what every the other comics had to deal with. Most dickheads would have came in and done an hour and not thought anything about the show. Now, and he's an he, old school fucking pro. Billy, yeah. He's an old school uh, professional, man. He, he he's uh, I lived. Billy was my neighbor for many years, you know, and there was a there was a point in time in our and like in our respective Things, I swear to God, it was like a six-month period where we were going in for the same type of roles. And if I didn't get it, he got it. And if I got it, 
he didn't get it. We were right there in the running. And every fucking, you know what I mean? It was like Bad Santa. I ran him coming out of Bad Santa, and he got the job. And then uh, something else, he was uh, went in for a King of Queens. He got the part on King of Queens. But I later got a, a, a part called Jimmy, one of the came regular. But, uh, but Billy was always, uh, but it just, built to a head where we're coming around and I was coming out of the audition and it was Warner brothers and Billy's coming around the gate. We just stopped at each other like gunfighters go, God down. He goes, Schubert, anybody but you Schubert we were <laughs> each other in the parking lot. But you know, it was that kind of competition was great because it was like, it made you, you know, work on your audition. You went like, if you went in that room prepared, you could get jobs. If you could audition good, you could get jobs. And Billy would come down and we'd work on when he got Mike and Molly in the beginning, we'd read, help him read scenes and go over that stuff. And so, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, you know, and then, and then have it happen twice, you know, how rare it is to get one sitcom to get two. I mean, amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that also reminds me that you were on King of Queens for a long time too. Yeah. I did a, I did a bunch of, I think I did like four, 15 episodes over the course of like a four year period. Like they would bring me in a couple times, you know, a couple times over. So we're kind of semi-regular, which was great. I mean, you know, rock Rubin, who was a writer for the show. He's also a standup, but, uh, and Kevin, uh, Kevin, Jan, they were, I knew those guys and they, 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 uh, rock created this character and they offered it to me. And it was after I did go and a couple other things and, uh, very, uh, grateful to those guys. That was a, a nice little shit that kind of helped me, you know what I mean? Give me a hand up. And they were, and it was great to do it. It was fun to do. It was so much fun to do those shows. Cause Gary Valentine was Kevin's real life brother. He was great. We had so much fun on those sets. You know, it's like, a, it's like the best job you can get in show business is the sitcom. You know, because you show it Monday, you do a table read. Tuesday, you do a little more. They rewrite some stuff. Thursday, they're doing camera blocking. Thir or Wednesday, do camera blocking. Thursday, you do the full-on rehearsal. And then Friday, you do the play. You know what I mean? You have a week to get ready for the play. And it was uh, just a great learning experience. And uh, really just blessed <coughs> to have been a part of it, to tell you the truth, man. The, 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 you know. Yeah, I, I would love to do a play. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you can do them. You can do them. Any can like, do them. Even, that's so funny. It's like I like in in uh, in L.A. Nobody does. They do. They do some theater there, but, but I go. Why don't you do a fucking play? People, go, I'm an actor. I want to act. You do a play. I don't want to do a play. I want to do a movie. I go. You know, nobody wants to put the fucking work in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let's. I have no idea how to end this podcast. I could talk to your ass all day. I'm sure Mike feels the same way, but I do want to play this clip because I just found oh, yeah, it to be. Clip. I'm sorry. I, I don't no, know. no. Yeah, I asked you the question, but this this clip is freaking great. I wish this show would have lasted because it looks awesome. Yeah. Your boys, your Uncle Eddie is feeling awful lucky tonight. Another hand, I win. You stayed in with that? All righty. Eight, nine, ten. No, Jack. <laughs> you were just one Jack off. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys just line up, give me your money, I'll kick you in the balls, it'll be less painful. Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I love things. This should be illegal. I don't know, I read. Hey, fruit basket. Little advice. Last guy that sat in that chair. Took a right in a spider bite. I mean, I'm just telling you, if you're going to sit there, you might as well pull up your sundress, put on your little flowered panties, and spread your cheeks. Because your Uncle Eddie's going to jam it right in there. I'm going to tickle you. I'm going to talk dirty. I'm even going to give you a reach around. What's that? Hold 
Hi, I'm Ed. Say goodnight, Ed. Oh, shit. Well, sorry, buddy. We kicked you out. What did you say? Yeah, that's so funny. When I watched that back, they let me just riff. They let me riff. Guy's <laughs> the reigning world champion of poker, and I'm treating him like a fucking douchebag. Game of card game. I was like, I'm gonna fucking pull down your little flower panties. I'm right in there, and they just let me run, man. So, but that the, the whole rest of the episode is fucking killer, man. That's that was. I'm surprised. I was uh, kind of bummed that show didn't go because that was a real good one. Yeah, it looked great, man. I, I would hey, like Rob to try to. Cullen, Rob Cullen is doing a show on BET called Average Joe, uh, which is a really killer series as well. The guy who wrote that has got a show called Average Joe. And I was up for one of the roles. Didn't get it, but this was after I moved out of L.A. Just the fact that I was, had an opportunity to audition with the producers twice and uh, just went another direction. But still, I mean, just that guy is that that show uh, is a killer fucking show on, on BET, too. So yeah, it looks, funny, but it you looks, know, most of most of the acting work I've gotten is because I have relationships with either writers or directors or people that I've built goodwill with over the, I mean, seriously, I, I, I mean, I've had a couple things that I've auditioned for that I've got, but most of it's been, uh, you know, the topper thing, uh, Kevin McNamara just called me and offered it to me if I wanted it. And, uh, and then also, uh, I got that job in the, uh, in, um, Puppy love uh, to a mutual friend that recommended me, and I had to fly out and do it at the last minute. So, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's all about who you know. Well, it's all about also working those relationships. Our, our business, like every right. business, is built on relationships. And you know, if you if you if you if you spread goodwill and, and be a professional and do your job, and you know, it's uh, amazing. You make friends along the way that fucking love to help you out and give you work and take care of you, and you know, pretty blessed that way. Yeah, I, I hope that it's not that part of my career still has a chance. Like, I, I would love to uh, to act. I think I could be good at it, and I would love to do, like, sketches and that kind of shit. It looks so fun to me to do. And I, I really I, I love bloopers, like when they show the outtakes of movies. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, I, I hope I didn't miss the boat for that kind of shit. Like, I saw that you were on Reno 911, and that would have been – that was still kind of my dream goal is to be on a show like Reno 911. I thought that was so fucking funny. You know what's funny, bro? Again, that was, I went in, I said, where are the sides? Where are the sides? They said, there's no sides. You're just going to improvise, improvise uh, your audition. And there's a table here and it was just stolen and the cops are here. And we just did this whole fucking improv inside the casting thing. And I got it when I show up. Uh, I'm wearing this military uniform. They tell me what I'm going to be doing. I was going, this is fucking awesome. I got the full regalia. And uh, again, the whole fucking thing is improvised. There were no sides. And when you think about Reno 911, when you think about the brilliance of that show, they had roughly an idea of what they were going to do. But man, all those guys, Carlos Ellis, Rocky, and they, they, they were such fucking talented improv people. The one to that show was like, it's a, a lot of people love that show. That's a favorite show of people's. But Reno 911, what a genius cast they had on that show. And those people were also, when you realize they're riffing it, they're riffing all of it. I mean, yeah. every week they're riffing a fucking, you know, a fucking show. I mean, it's phenomenal. A lot of it was, they probably fixed in post, but that's crazy. 
Nick Swartzen's character and Lieutenant Dangle. I mean, oh this shit God, was so dude. fucking oh, funny. Nick Swartzen, dude, that guy's fucking great. I mean, he's he's had some of these greatest. Uh, you know, yeah, I love Nick. He's great, man. Yeah. Hey, Mike, do you have anything else you'd like to ask Jimmy before we get out of here? Uh, nope. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> guys, hey, Mike, it's great seeing you again. You Without too, sir. On. Tim. Always a pleasure. Good seeing you again. Uh, continued success, fellas. And uh, thanks for having me on. It was great talking with you guys. Be well. Stay safe. God bless you. Thanks, Thank brother. You. It was great talking to you. We really enjoyed it. And we'll let, let you know. Good. We'll let you know when it's out and you can uh, help share it and that kind of shit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Keep me posted. Sounds good. Hi, brother. Okay, buddy. God bless you. Bye-bye. Later. Late. All right. That was great, wasn't it? I knew that would be like easy for us. Like we would just let him go and uh and he didn't yeah. disappoint at no, all No, he didn't he's so <laughs> naturally funny dude he's just like he'll just say like a totally normal sentence but he puts like the right emphasis in the right areas and it just makes it that much funnier that's yeah. why like all of his comedy is like that where he he's just making a totally normal point but he'll scream it at you and and it just makes it that much funnier yeah i'm a fan I wanted to ask him if he ever lost his voice because I lose my voice all the time and I don't scream like Jimmy does. And I mean, I've been around that guy in person and watched him on stage and he's always just got so much freaking energy. It's awesome. And I'm glad he sees healthy and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. We, we need as many Jimmy Schubert's, Schubert's in this country as we possibly can. Well, we've got one, and that's all I need. Yeah, well, we need people who aren't afraid to uh, speak up and, and, and that kind of thing about all this stuff and, and be funny about it. You know, I, I meant to ask him, I, that was one of the things I meant to ask him that I didn't, is if he's um, been disappointed with uh, overall with the comedians the last few years as far as them not taking a stand against a lot of this stuff. Because I don't feel like there's been a lot, but I think he would have just been like, you know, do what you do, what you yeah, do it. And, just you know. everybody, let them do their thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what he would have said. So, well, anyway. either way, that was a good, a good little supplemental episode. This is technically, we'll call it episode seventy-six A, and because uh, it's still the same week as episode seventy-six, but it's not officially episode seventy-seven. No, I guess it would be seventy-six B because we already did A valid okay but regardless um it was a lot of fun i enjoyed the hell out of that and we need to do more of those yep so if you're watching this and you're uh jimmy schubert level famous or above then uh reach out to tim don't bother me i'm <laughs> i'm busy doing shit <laughs> he's uh, he's trying to get to level 41 <laughs> i know well i'm technically at level 42 now this shirt's a couple of years old my sister got it for me for my 40th okay nice um all right man we well, if, if you don't get anything else to say then we'll we'll uh, sign off here and uh i look forward to doing more of those that was fun yep i agree have a good day everybody we'll see you later all right take care everybody bye-bye goodbye